You can turn, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn. I'm going to kind of start where I left off last week in Isaiah 54, 14. Do you guys like my cardigan? Do I look cute? All right. Who said something negative? Because I will kick you out of this place right now. This is my Cardi B again. I mean, just kidding. All right. We'll get that later. Oh, Kerr, whatever she says. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You guys got it. All right. I don't have that. <laughs> Isaiah 54, 14. I, uh, I was having a conversation this week with somebody, and uh, uh, how many of you, it's painful to look back on your past? Anybody look back on your past and say, there's some stuff I'd like to forget? How many of you feel like, uh, how many of you in this room feel like you've lived about 100 lifetimes up to this point? Anybody? Anybody like already used up eight of their nine lives? <laughs> I, um, I was talking to somebody this week and uh, we were just going over the things that uh, she's been through in her life and the hardships, the most incredible things that would break anybody. I don't know if you know this, but you're sitting in a church with people that have been through some amazingly difficult stuff. I had a guy one time, he walked into the church on Lime Avenue and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be able to be anything. He said, I, and I, I think I'm too, too messed up to even be in this place. Just came into your program and I just think I'm messed up. And I said, really? I said, why? He goes, he goes I got four DUIs. I was like, Four? At the time, one of our, the guys that worked for us was uh, uh, in the building working on something. And I said, hey, bud, come here. He just came over. I said, how many DUIs do you have? He goes, I have eight in five states. And I put my arm around the guy and I said, you're, in, you're good. You're good, buddy. You're good. <laughs> I mean, when you spread eight DUIs around five states, you, 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 you survived a lot. Amen. And I was thinking about this because I ended last week with this scripture. It says in Isaiah 54, 14, in righteousness you shall be established for you shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near you. And I said this as I ended last week, I said, it's not being far from oppression that helps you not fear. It's not fearing that keeps you from oppression. And I want to tell you this right now. The only time that I ever get fearful is when I lose sight of him. And here's why, because if I'm evaluating just me, I got a good reason to fear. If I'm left to my own devices, my own decisions, my own motivations, and that's it, and there's nothing else involved, I probably have good reason to fear. And uh, I, uh, I was thinking about this this week. I spoke last week on fear and this week, the title of my message is The Mountain Climber. And, um, and I love this in Philippians 1.28, if you can bring it up. It says this. It says, And not frightened in anything by your opponents, because this is a clear sign to them of their destruction. When we learn to live a life where fear does not have control over us, I want to start here today, which is where I ended last week. We actually remind the enemy that he has been defeated in our lives. So 
there's this principle I want you to see right now. And this is what I wanna, wanna get into today. But in, in the mirror translation for the scripture says, your brave fearlessness in the face of every kind of obstacle is a sure sign to those who oppose you that their efforts are futile. See, when you remind the enemy that the mountain that he seems to have put in front of you is nothing compared to the mountains you've already climbed. I said this to a friend this week on the phone. I said, let me tell you something. You will never, after what you've been through in your life, you will never approach a mountain and say, I've never climbed something this high. I said, as a matter of fact, every mountain from here on forward and every obstacle you'll reach, you're gonna look at it and say, oh, I've climbed higher. What if I could tell you today that because of Jesus, the highest mountain you'll ever have to climb, you've already climbed it, and that nothing you will face from here to the end of your life can take you out, defeat you, put you down, come on, keep you down. There's nothing from this point forward that can destroy you. In him, we have become more than a conqueror. In him, we don't have to fear. In him, we find life. We find perfect love that casts out fear. In him, we can live the life, like I said last week, of someone that has the courage of a conqueror. In him, we can be a mountain climber. That nothing we face, because a lot of people in Christianity, they're like, you know, once you turn your life over to Jesus and just give him everything, he takes care of the rest. Well, I've found that not always to be true. How many of you found that that didn't work exactly out the way you thought? Sat at home with our Bibles reading, you know, it was like as the bills piled up, it's like, Lord, take care of me. He's like, go to work. <laughs> right? How many of you understand there's some things that you and I are going to have to climb? I got good news for you. Every mountain in front of you, you don't have to climb alone. And every mountain in front of you is smaller than the ones you've already climbed. And I love this even better. There was another guy that climbed a hill with a cross on his back. Go to the scripture in John for me. John 19 says, so they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. I'm gonna preach. I, got, I can't barely contain myself. Do you know why? Because every time I read something, I see this common theme throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament. And when they tie together, they're so beautiful. You know what the theme is over and over and over again? Well, sometimes they say it's love, love, throughout the Bible. Yeah, that's true. You know what's even really crazy and amazing and cool, especially for this moment in time? The one theme I see over and over and over again is victory. It is victory over the enemy. And so when I read a scripture that says, when you choose not to allow fear to enter in and control your life, that we remind the enemy of his destruction, we're not defeating the enemy in that moment. The enemy has already been defeated. We're just reminding him, I don't know what you think you're up to, but I'm walking with the guy who's climbed every mountain and every hill, and there's nothing you're gonna throw in my path that's gonna mess it up. You know what's cool about the mountain that he climbed? That mountain there, they believe there's something buried on that mountain, Golgotha. They believe there's a couple of reasons it's called the place of the skull. Golgotha and Calvary both. Calvary comes from the word in the Greek that literally is cranium. 
which is your big head. Look who's talking, Pastor. You're up there every week. Just blabbering on. Like, we want to hear you. It's cranium. Calvary in the Greek is the word cranium. It means head. So Calvary, the place where he died, means the place of the skull. Golgotha means the place of the skull. And they actually believe that another man who showed that he was victorious in the midst of circumstances that didn't look very favorable, a guy named David took five stones from a brook and he only needed one. And he slung it at the man who was the voice of the accuser that was accusing him and his people. Does that sound familiar? It was the, it was a shadow of the enemy, the enemy who is the voice of the accuser. And as, as, uh, as, um, Goliath sat there and labeled insults and intimidated God's people. David, this little ruddy-faced 13 or 14-year-old shepherd boy, took a one tiny stone from the brook and a, and a slingshot and slung it, and he, and he killed him. And, and the Bible says that he cut off his head. And do you know where that head, that skull is buried? Historians believe it's on the hill of Golgotha. So when Jesus put that 300-pound cross upon his back, oh, I feel something in this room, that 300-pound cross upon his back and walked over a mile uphill. He was climbing a mountain with the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders, but he was also climbing a mountain to remind us that I was victorious before I ever hit the earth, that God's kingdom will advance from here on forward. And now once and for all, as I stand on top of the reminder of that ruddy-faced boy who killed the giant in the middle of war, in the middle of accusations, I'm going to once again stand here and give my life so I can show you that the enemy has been defeated. The Bible is one big, long story of victory. Over and over and over again, we see victory after victory after victory. We are a victorious people. If you're not feeling victorious this morning, I get it. If you're not feeling like taking the next step, climbing that mountain, I get it. But I believe symbolically as Jesus climbed the mountain, the, the hill of Golgotha, Calvary, and as he, he took step after step and fell to the ground and had a crown of thorns in his head and was bleeding and had just come from being tortured, I believe he was saying to all of humanity, you will never ever face a mountain that I couldn't climb and haven't climbed already. You will never face an enemy that I haven't already defeated. You'll never approach a circumstance that I don't have the solution to. Let me show you once again that there is nothing too big for me. What if you and I woke up this tomorrow morning and believed wholeheartedly there is nothing too big for our God, that there is no mountain that we can't climb with him, that there is nothing that can come against us or prosper to destroy the plan of God for our life? What if we really, really believe that? This is good preaching. Thank you. Uh, one another translation says this, bearing the cross himself, Jesus went out from the courtyard to the place called Skull. Its Hebrew name was Golgotha. Um, or the Hebrew pronunciation is galal, which means to roll away. I want you to see this. In Joshua 5.9, that same word was used in the Hebrew, and it was this. Joshua 5.9 says, This day I have rolled away, galal, the reproach of Egypt from you. God climbed the hill that was the place Jesus, God in man form, Jesus climbed the hill where the skull of Goliath, who symbolized 
Israel defeating this great giant full of accusations. And while he was climbing it, the Hebrew word for that hill also meant to roll away. Same word used when he said, I will roll away the reproach of Egypt. Egypt symbolizes um, captivity. Egypt symbolizes us being slaves to sin in this world. Jesus said, I'm rolling it away. Do you see that picture? All that was happening before the cross ever went in the ground, before they ever nailed him to it, before those stakes were ever driven, before they ever cut his side, before they ever rolled the dice for his clothing, before any of that happened, we were already seeing he was victorious. He was a conqueror before he ever died. He was sending a message. Like if you've been at the beach and the stupid planes fly around with those big messages all day long, it's the same message from the moment he stepped foot and took the first step down the Via Dolorosa or up towards the top of the hill of Calvary or Golgotha. That first step, every step of the way, he was saying, I'm victorious. I'm victorious. Even before he rose three days later, I'm victorious. I've conquered mountains before and I'll conquer them again. And I want to remind you that there's no enemy big enough, mean enough, scary enough or a mountain high enough to defeat you, to take you down. Come on. That's good news. Check this out. Psalms 46, one says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Joshua 1, nine says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8, be strong and bold. Have no fear or dread of them because it is the Lord, your God, who goes before you. He went, in Deuteronomy, they're saying he will go before you. Jesus shows up and goes before us. David shows up and goes before us. You know what the enemy likes to lie to us and say, Miss Charlene, he likes to say, you're in uncharted territory. No one's ever been here before. No one's ever felt the way you feel. He isolates us in our thoughts, in our space. And he says, what you're feeling, no one else has felt. What you're facing, no one else has faced. Oh, sure, there are people that have had this happen in their life, but not all five of these things that are going on. No one's ever made it out of this. The enemy likes to isolate, and he likes to make us think that the mountain in front of us has never been climbed before and that we don't have a shot. Because giving up is his bread and butter. Like a sheep that's pulled away from the flock, the wolves, once that sheep is isolated, can attack. He wants to isolate you with lies, with things that aren't true, with falsehoods about you and about how God feels about you. If he can get in your head, he can isolate you. If he can make you feel like you're not good enough, Come on. He's got you. God all along is saying from Genesis to Revelation, I am victorious. I have defeated. I, um, I want to be very careful about the way I approach the idea of sin because we believe that sin oftentimes is just simply bad things. And uh, that is sometimes the byproduct of sin. 
but sin in and of itself is anything that separates us or anything that doesn't reflect or mirror the truth about who we are. Anything that we believe that separates us from the truth of our origin and identity is sin. The manifestations of that thinking are all the stuff that we label sin. That's not sin. That's just the manifestations of it. I go out and rob a bank today. I, I, that was really bad timing. <laughs> If I go out and rob a bank today, if I go out and hold somebody up, if I rip off my neighbor, whatever it is, that started with a thought process. That thought process did not line up with who God created me to be. In order for me to do this, I've got to separate myself from the identity of who God created me to be. It's why one of the reasons Jesus came, when I say freedom from sin, I'm saying freedom from your and mine stinking thinking about who he actually created me to be. Yep. Our identity. Does that make sense? Only one person that makes sense too. I love that every single one of these verses requires action and going. <laughs> Some people say, I need to fix this and I need to fix that before I get to the next step. No, you don't. Just keep putting one foot in front of the next. Walk with him. It's going to work out. Well, Pastor Ian, I want to come back. I've heard this before. I want to come back to church, but there's some things I got to get right. All right. We love you. We want to help you. We want to share our story and empower you and encourage you. It's not just about filling another seat, a community of people that love you, been there, done that, and can say, hey, I was on that mountain before, and here's the, where you don't want to go, and here's where you think you might want to go, and here's how you're going to get over it quicker, and here's the lies that are going to deter you and send you the wrong way, and you're probably feeling like this, but that's a lie too, because this is who you really are. But yeah, okay. I never understood why we hosed off before we got in the pool when I was a kid. That makes sense. So you're going to get the pool dirty. Well, I'm going to get the pool deck dirty. And that's going to go in the pool when it rains next. So how about we just save a step, me get in the pool, and the dirt will go in there to start with. Can you imagine if I took a bath before I took a shower? Let me just fix some things. No, just get on with it. Let's go. You're walking with the guy who is the guide who has been down every dangerous path. He's climbed every mountain, been through every valley. He's been in snake-infested waters and nothing could ever touch him or destroy him. That's who you're with. You don't have to worry. Come on, we don't need to worry. I got a friend who's a hunting machine. He's at the fair right now, I'm sure. His name's Brad and he can hunt. Let's just put it this way. I would never want to cross him. He can hunt. I've seen him skin a deer and a hog so fast that if you went into the bathroom, and I'm talking about the quick bathroom one, he, he's like, and, he, and he's got a pocket knife, and the blade ain't but that long. He just whips a little pocket knife, one of them fancy skinning, you know, got the hook, blah, blah, blah. He gets a little pocket knife out. I swear he sharpens it on his mustache. He... 
and if you want to be, if you want to go into the woods, go with that guy. Like he's been there. Like, what's that noise? That's a squirrel, Dan. <laughs> well, it sounds demonic. It's not. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. What was that moving over there? That was a cotton-tailed rabbit. And we're not hunting those today. That's all I was asking. I wasn't scared. Sure you weren't. That's who you want to go in the woods with because he is a guide that has been there and done that. He has been in the worst situations. He's been at the base of a tree in the middle of Alberta, Canada. I think it was in Alberta where on an island by himself with nothing but a canoe and a bow where a 1,400 pound moose was closer from me to you, Charlie, on the ground, not in a tree stand, coming at him going, with a bow. That's who I want to go with. We have a guide to guide us through life. And the payment for his services have been paid for on the cross to hold our hand through any obstacle. In other words, when you have an obstacle, that's not the moment to run away from the guide and say, I think I'll figure it out on my own. No, no, no. That big Kodiak bear raises up and starts, you want to be like, uh, where is he, right? When life throws some obstacles at you, there is a guide that is with us every moment. The Bible says he doesn't leave us or forsake us. It says he sticks closer than even a brother. John 1.5 says, the light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome it. Romans 8.37 says, no, in all these things, we were more than conquerors through him who loved us. What? Through our own, like, Anyone to give yourself a pep talk and it didn't work? Yeah? Any, do we have any shy guys here? Like when you go to approach a girl and you just know what you want to say. Oh, I got some elbows going on back there. No one's shy here? You're all Mac daddies? Is that what's going on? That's, that's a term from like when I was 15. Kids don't even know that nowadays. Mac daddy. Remember Mackin, right? Over there, Mackin, is that still a thing? Does anybody know about that? Can you, any shy guys here, like, you know, you, you're like 18 and you're taking a girl to the prom and you're like, I'm going to tell her we want to go steady. That's another old term. And what do they call it now? Be exclusive? I don't know. I'm dating myself. <laughs> Not run around town? I don't know what it means. So you, keep, you splash the, you know, your cologne on, get it on your, you know, Got everything just right, your hair just right, clothes just right. You look in your mirror like, you're like when I see her, when they play our song, I'm looking eye to eye with her. All the ladies in the room are like, oh man, Pastor Dan, you're in trouble. You're just eye to eye, just staring into her eyes. You think you just, men, you know we visualize this stuff. We're like, and then I'm going to say in the lowest voice possible, because when I get excited, my voice gets high. I'm going to say, Baby. Right? I just want you to know nobody's ever, ever affected my intestines like you do. <laughs> I, met, I met my heart. I got the body part. What I'm trying to say is you make you make my liver quiver. (laughs) 
She's like, you're so funny. I just want to be friends. I don't even know why I was telling you that story. We, we can approach every situation with full confidence. You may not have the words, you may not have the experience, you may not have the confidence. We can approach every situation with full confidence. If the guy that we're hanging with, the one that has our hand through every trial and tribulation, every up and down has been there and done that, and I'll be honest with you, especially in this room, some of y'all have climbed some pretty high mountains too. Let me go a step further. You and Jesus are a great team. I'm gonna read a couple more and we'll get out of here. Um, Psalms 91, 13 says, you will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Jeremiah 119, they will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he knows the plans for us, right? Plans for good, not for evil. And 28 chapters earlier in Jeremiah is saying, hey, they're gonna fight against you, but they will not overcome you. A lot of times we think this is people. I think most of the time is. God's talking about bad thoughts and accusations and nonsense than he is an actual person. They will not overcome you. Your thoughts, your negative thoughts will not overcome you. You will not be swallowed up. You will not be drowned in those lies. For what? He says, I and with you. With full confidence, he says, I formed you in your mother's womb. I know every hair on your head. I know the plan I have for you. He knows what you're going to face. He knows what's in front of you. And still, he says, none of it will overcome you because I'm with you. Isaiah 49, 11 says, I love this. And I will make all my mountains a road and my highways shall be raised up. All. I've had this happen before, but not all five of these things at once. I've been lonely, but I haven't been lonely and broke and in trouble and fired and whatever. Hitting all at once. And yet we can look at that mountain in front of us and look to our side and say, hey, you got this? He says, yeah, I climbed a hill so that you would never face another mountain that we couldn't defeat together. I strapped a 300-pound cross to my back. 
I was dehydrated and bleeding and in pain and in misery and tortured. And I climbed a mountain to remind the world that the enemy has been defeated, is defeated, and will forever be defeated, and that nothing can touch you. So I want you to leave here today. I want you to leave here today with full confidence. Yes. Here, you can close. Tell them, preach. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, you're like, come on. We want to hear you, Pastor. He's going to take up another offering. How are you going to feel about that? I think it's very easily said, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We're already victorious. We're already walking in victory. And so stop trying to win the victory. The victory has already been won. You know, can you imagine... <laughs> an orange tree and you go past the orange tree and 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 the branches are like and you're like what the heck is that what are they what's the branch on our orange tree doing i'm trying to have oranges no it has oranges because it just stays plugged into the vine and the vine is Christ himself, and we are the branches. So you're not, hallelujah, you're not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. And the one that we're fighting against is a defeated foe. He's already whooped. Come on and put your hands together and give God some praise. Stand your feet, Father. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you that we are a victorious church. And Lord, we're going to put a black eye on the devil every chance we get. We're going to kick him out. He possesses nothing in our life. Hallelujah. We are victorious because of what you've done. Not because what we've done, not because what we've accomplished, but because of what, you're done, what you've done. So Lord, we go forth as a victorious army in Jesus' precious name. Give somebody a, like a fake high five, like a fake high five. Hallelujah. Love y'all. Amen.